Your style is unorthodox. But effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Black 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 Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Regine Al Sawyer, owner, writer, creator of Lock It Down Productions, and the coordinator and founder of the Women in Comics Collective International. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Check, check, one, two. Yo, what is going on, people? What's happening? What's cracking? This is Marcus Kwame. We are we are back for yet another Black Comics Chat. We've been really back on pace recently and uh we are here tonight to talk all about joker you know so we've got four-fifths of the uh the 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 furious five in the house tonight so i'm not even gonna waste time because we're, we're on a time schedule we're on a time crunch so first up we got uh you know Halen from the same state as me right now we got the the <laughs> carmen san diego of the crew the the international world travel traveler and lady of mystery we got grace gibson in the house what's going on what's going on hey hey everybody and to add to that it's like so there's like three of us now in the same state like yeah. you know i, I just it just That's it true. just kind of clicked there you know so it's almost like we almost not four corners or whatever but we're kind of like different parts of the state too you know a little bit but um yes so good to be in the building psyched to talk about joker and you know see what everybody else thinks about it and you know yeah go at it okay cool cool next up we got my my brother from another mother you know all the way on the the west coast with with o-dog we got leo in the house yo what's going on black comic chef fam yeah you guys are kind of like you guys are kind of like three shades of the same new york color and I'm and I'm like and I'm like Jackson Pollock just like fucking splattering a canvas. Like you guys are all like getting your detail, you're all making New York doing its whole thing, and I'm just like blah <laughs> I'm here on the West Coast just fucking up the money. So I apologize wow, for that. It's all but... it's all good. It's helping us uh, you know, just have a you know, continental dominance. There you go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and next up we got um, the the man, Tony of the Blue Checkmark, the Red Lion of the crew, <laughs> the undercover Sith Lord himself. We got Tony Snark in the house. What up, y'all? What up, y'all? Um, I, you know, I don't want to break it and bust anybody's bubble, but technically I'm not in New York anymore. I'm in New Jersey. I was going to say still that. Sort of oh, that's right. Consider myself yeah. in New York. It's regional. I take back. I take back everything I just said. <laughs> We're you know sc- what? We're scattered like to the four the first winds. time we hear that today. <laughs> when it comes to this movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, so apologies about any noise that you hear in the background. So, um, but I'm good. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, po- a point, point of order. Can we say that, uh, that, uh, 
that Tony hails from blue Czechoslovakia? Oh, um, that, oh my yes. God. yes. That, 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 that's, oh my that's, God. That's going to stick. That is going to stick. I oh like it. Oh my God. From the Blue Czech Republic. <laughs> I like that one. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. That's yes. even better. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. That oh, That I is enshrined I from now on now to infinity. Let me see if I can change that on my Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, any, yeah any, any, any Patreon listeners right now just know that you've, you've just listened to history. That's right. Yep. Man, you you really saw how it's all made. So <laughs> that's all the more reason to tell your friends to uh, you know to support us on Patreon. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um. So yeah, let's let's uh get into it. Yeah. Um, what are we doing? We're talking about the '90s. We're talking about the Simpsons and SAP. What are we talking about, Marcus? Are we uh, uh, talking about cops? The cartoon cops? Is that is that uh? uh is you that know, cops chat is coming at you soon. But tonight we are here. <laughs> we are here to uh, speak about the. The film that is on everyone's tongues for different reasons. We're here to speak about uh, Todd Phillips's Joker. So uh, yeah, like um, you, you guys want to go around and kind of do just a brief initial overview thought, and then kind of get deeper into it. That works. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Um. So I guess uh, Grace, you go first. All right. Um. Yeah. So overall, enjoy the movie. Um. As someone, you know, we talked about in a previous episode, um, I definitely went in not, um, you know, not being, you know, too versed as far as in the Joker story and definitely also going in knowing that it wasn't going to be attached to the comics, you know, per se. And so, um, you know, I I had that kind of mindset already so that way I'm not going in disappointed or looking for something that's not going to be there. Mm. Um, definitely thought that Joaquin Phoenix nailed that role. Like, you know, he definitely is up there with the rest of the folks that have played Joker and he made it his own. So, um, really appreciated that effort that he made in that. And, um, what else? What else? Yeah, it was, it was just a lot going on with the, the film. I don't want to dive too much cause I know it's going to come out in our conversation, there was a moment that I was just like, I really didn't think that we would see this ever again. But, of course, it had to reappear. <laughs> I'm sure my, my fellow co-hosts know what that moment is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, now, now I do, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, um, but, yeah, and at the same time, you know, um, the, the the blackness that was represented uh, was, to me, at least not disappointing. Right. So, because uh, they could have they went a, a lot of different ways. So, um, yeah, you know, like I said, overall, I, you know, I thought it was a good movie, pretty good movie. And, um, I think the highlight for me was just the way that, um, Joaquin embodied the role. Yeah. I think that's a good, good summation. Um, Leo, your initial thoughts. Um, I arrived to this movie in the in the general in, 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 in alignment with the general social media patter about like what was the reason that it was so important to tell this particular story at this particular time. Um, granting that, you know, I don't think Todd Phillips started like filming the movie like in March and then finished it now. Like this has obviously been in like been cooking for a minute. Um, but I, on the whole, very much like this movie. And I think it is a very unusual film for a comic book film. I think it's incredibly dour. I think it's an incredibly trying watch. I don't think it's a movie. I think you'd have to be like 
like really unstable to like want to rewatch this multiple, multiple times in the theater. Like it's, that seems like wild to me, but, um, uh, I, I went in it very apprehensive and I left it generally positive. So that's what I'll say about it now until we get deeper into it. I just want to make note that there's very few times where I have agreed or, you know, Leo and I have agreed on a film. So I just, just want to, you know, just cherish that moment right there. That, you know, we've, that we've agreed on a movie. So yeah. yes. All right. Put a pin on that. Put a pin on <laughs> that. Cause uh, apparently, yeah. Once again, yeah. patrons, you are, you are getting it all tonight. We're giving you the, the full <laughs> historic episode. Yes. Yep. 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 All right. And uh, yeah, Tony, what were your, your initial thoughts? God. So I thought it was okay. Look, so I went into this movie, you know, thinking, wow, you know, a lot of people love this movie. A lot of people are really feeling this movie and I'm watching it and I'm just like, okay. Now, one, I will say that I I truly believe that Joaquin Phoenix, a man from Puerto Rico, is uh, amazing. His, his, His acting chops are so freaking big. Like, I really thought that he really slammed it um with that being said i I just didn't feel the joker movie for me and it didn't feel like a joker movie it felt like you know taxi cab driver meets joker you know what i mean i felt like you know i don't know i i I felt like that it was so hyped that i was expecting more and i'll talk about that when we get into spoilers of what more i was expecting um but i generally I, I think it was an okay film i mean i liked it i don't know if i'll see it again maybe once or twice but um again i i, I thought it was okay okay um you know it's funny cuz like pretty much everybody's summary i don't think anybody's summary was too far out of line with mine uh, for different different reasons um, I don't even know if I introduced myself. I'm Marcus Kwame if I didn't. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I told Leo, uh, I, I kind of had an arc with this film, like a two-day arc. I, I saw it once, obviously, but um, I had my initial reactions. Um, like Leo said, I also definitely experienced it as a really dour film and one where I was like, I'll probably need to see this exactly once, possibly twice, but not. It's not going to be like something sitting on my my Blu-ray shelf. Um, but that being said, like I think it, it was a well done movie. Um, I'm not a, uh, a Todd Phillips fanboy, especially after some of the you know his dumb stuff he's been saying. But I actually went into the film just trying to put all of that stuff on the shelf and any um, thoughts I had about him on the shelf. And uh, I would say for like the definitely the first act of the movie and probably a good chunk of the second act. Um, it was just heavy in a way where I didn't feel there was an ebb and a flow to the, the weight of it and the intensity. Um, so I just kind of felt like garbage for, you know what I mean? Like a good chunk of the film, but I, w- I didn't think it was bad. It just was, was heavy and unrelenting, um, which I think speaks to the fact that the tone of the film and the, the filmmaking is very affecting and it's, um, you know, it, it, it was effective in, in what was done. Um, I also went in thinking like, this is going to be very removed from comic book canon, which it was, but there were some ways in which, um, it was, you know, where, where I saw elements of the comics other than the one big scene that Grace, um, mentioned, 
that uh, I was like, okay, all right. They didn't like totally ignore history. Um, so that was interesting. And um, also, I think the most interesting takeaway, other than Joaquin Phoenix's um, amazing performance, which I think that is deserving of all the accolades. Um, mm -hmm. I think all, all of the things where they call it the movie of the year, maybe that's a bit exaggerated. But like, I think if you want to say that that's a performance of the year, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, right. Beyond that, um, one of the interesting things is it is a film that kind of leaves you with questions. And I probably will, now that I think about it, watch it at least once more just because there are elements with the whole idea of a Joker's multi... Um, what do you call it? His, his multiple choice um, view of things where there's a lot of questions as to what is real and what isn't. So <laughs> I, I think we called it multiple choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how we refer to it in, um, in killing joke, but yeah. So anyway, long story short, uh, just to sum it all up, I can't keep going on and on, but long story short, I, um, I thought it was, it was a good film. Um, I think some people overhype it, but at the same time it was a good film. Um, there's a lot of interesting filmmaking going on and, uh, yeah, let's just, let's get into it though. One thing I wanted to add, too, is that um, so I, prior to going to it, you know, or prior to it even dropping, because I, I saw it on the Thursday that it came out, um, you know, everything, everybody was talking about it being like so violent and so violent. And I, you know, I remember going to the theater and there were special signs telling you, like, this is not your typical comic book movie. And, you know, uh, there was you know, we're talking about Rochester here. So it wasn't like this high police presence, but there was a police presence, you know, there, a security presence, um, whatever. So, you know, I'm already, I'm also like, okay, well, damn, like, is this, is something going to pop up, pop off in this movie? Like, you know, to the point where I need to be like, you know, holding on to my purse and stuff and, you know, watching my back and everything. Cause they just really, you know, social media, everything was just talking about how violent, you know, um, the film was. And for me, after watching, I was like, so it was no more violent than when I saw John Wick 3, you know? Right. So, um, right. which right. was way more violent. I think, yeah, know? I was going to say, it's much less violent than John Wick 3. <laughs> right. Well, can, right. I, can I offer a thought on that? Um, so one thing is, like, it, it, you know, Leo and I kind of talked about this, but there's there's been a whole dynamic where initially it was something that was being discussed on social media, um, predominantly a lot of times by marginalized people um, who are on usually the the short end of the stick when it comes to this type of violent white male angst that's going on in society, right? And mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily, and in that conversation, it wasn't necessarily that we were even saying, yo, this film is going to make people do more shootings. It was more a matter of, like Leo mentioned, like timing, which, you know, I mean, I think we all came away with different, different thoughts on that, like, after the movie's been out for a week or two. But my point is, like, that conversation kind of sh took a few turns. Like, I remember there was a, a time when, like, I, some National Guard or, or military base or something put out a warning about it. That hit the news, and you know what I mean? And then um, the media started talking about it in very simplified, oversimplified, boiled-down media terms. And they're like, people think the Joker's going to make people shoot people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which right. I think is a bit reductive to the discussion, because the larger discussion right. is that this messed up 8chan, whatever, 
you know, uh, violent, feel like something has been taken away from them, like white male, angry male energy from the right, it's out there. And they were even talking shit about this movie and identifying with it before it came out. So it's not that, like, there's no validity to people's concerns, but right. but it's also, like, yeah, like, I, I don't think anyone on this call thinks that uh, the movie itself is or isn't going to make somebody do something, you know? And the only other thing I would add to what you were just saying, Grace, is that you're right. Like, it's way less violent than, like, John Wick 3, but at the same time... I think there's I think the interesting distinction when you're talking about like comic book movie, if you think about like a lot of the movies we've loved over the last couple of years, you generally don't see the blood. Like there's a lot of people yes. being messed up and killed and I but agree. the violence is very different from how violence is experienced in our real world. And I do think that the violence in this movie limited as though it may be, because I definitely agree it wasn't, you know, any more shocking than any other R rated movie. It was like R-rated violence, and it wasn't necessarily like, you know, Thanos or Captain America Shield violence. It was kind of more the way we would experience violence in our real world. Yeah, but I mean, no, Deadpool, fuck that. Fuck Deadpool that. had a lot of blood. Yes. Well, no, but even even uh, even uh, uh, Infinity. I mean, like yo, Thanos got decapitated. He did, but did you see like, it though? They shot no it blood. the way they, they shot. Showed it. Uh, uh, I, no. I thought that was like the most violent thing that it happened. was. No, it was definitely surprising. And, and they not they counting had, Deadpool, right? And Deadpool is is Deadpool, which was another or R-rated or, film. or Logan. Now that right. I said Logan that, had a lot or of Logan, yeah. right? But like, yeah. again, both Deadpool and Logan were R-rated films. Look, right, I'm, right, right. I'm, an, I'm in agreement that like the idea of that you know this film is going to be the the powder keg that you know blows up this yeah. country. That's yeah. like overblown yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying that like i do think that you know apart from this movie we are in a time where this this energy is out there you know what i'm saying so i don't i don't think it's it's i think two things can be true at the same time you know what i mean i think that um there's an understandable vigilance when it comes to that type of um element that's out there in our society Absolutely. And I, and what I mentioned in our last episode, what the what the only cringeworthy thing that I had about this movie mm. was the end. And that was the 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 sort of the the wait, di- wait, 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 wait. Can we can we um uh, Tony, I'm sorry to cut you. Can we pause? Can we like get to the ending? Because no, I we well, actually wait. Tony's talking about something different. I don't think you're. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not talking about how it ended. I'm just saying his the way he spoke at the end, part of his monologue. And that's you mean all on, this, you mean on the talk show. On the talk show, right? Okay, the monologue okay, okay. that led to that, I felt was was very much a I'm a white man who is mediocre and I'm tired of people telling me a certain thing. Or it was very like active shooterish, is what I mean. That's the only thing that was cringeworthy in terms of this film. I'm not saying that it would make people go out and shoot people, but it it, it also there was something about it that I was just like. You know, I felt like I've heard the, this, yep. these words before, like in Columbine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. And it, it's I mean, all, right. it's all, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Leo. You no, know, can can we can we can we retell the movie a little bit? Just sure, yeah, 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 let's do that. Because because you know what, like in in comparison to our Spider-Man spoiler cast, I want to say that it's a, there's a large possibility that there are going to be people listening to this cast that are not going to see Joker, which is fine. But like, 
Yeah, I think it it could be important for us to sort of like recount what happens in the film. Okay, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, you want to run through it, Leo? Um, I could do it if you want. Um, okay, so so Joker uh, starts out with Joaquin Phoenix playing uh, this very emaciated, uh, abused clown named Arthur Fleck. Uh, the, one of the very first scenes in the movie is him advertising uh, for some going out of business uh, store in New York, uh, which were there a ton of those in the 80s? I mean, I grew up with those, but I don't know if that was like a late 70s, early 80s thing as much. Um, He gets chased by five brown people and gets the shit kicked out of him and sign broke. And you get this idea that this is just a beset upon clown man uh, who lives with his mom and has a lot of issues. Um, Later on in the movie, you hear you you experience that he has a social worker, that he is on a lot of medication and that he has uh, a strange uh, pathological condition uh, where he laughs at inappropriate times or just because he can't help it because of a neurological condition or a brain injury. Um, as the movie goes on, you kind of like follow his entire world, like slowly depreciating bit by bit. Um, he has some uh, sort of hallucinatory episodes. He stops taking his meds because the government has cut him off. The system is not uh, supporting his meds anymore. Um, and then eventually he tries uh, as a result of a failed attempt at uh, being a comedian, um, that turns into a weirdly, I mean, uh, what for all intents and purposes, a viral video, which somehow exists in 1980, the way the movie <laughs> describes it, pops up on a talk show. Everybody makes fun of him, and he actually gets contacted by a, a booker for the show who wants him to come on to Murray Franklin's talk show and be the guy that everybody laughed at for his shitty comedy recording that someone took. Oh, you, um, you, you, you missed you missed oh. a moment. You missed a moment that which is one? The yeah. subway. Of this, yeah. The, the, oh yeah. Uh, at some point. Uh, at some point. Um. In in the, <laughs> the in him being a, a party clown, uh, a, a coworker hands him a gun. Because he got the shit kicked out of him by the by the aforementioned five brown people and says, hey, hold this down. He has a bad episode where he goes to perform in front of uh, kids at a children's hospital on his way back home on the subway. Uh, he observes uh, three Wall Street white douchebags uh, fucking with a chick on the subway in an empty car. And what I can only describe as a sort of rapey way. And then they turn their attentions to him. They torment him. He's had enough. And he shoots them all dead. In fact, chases one of them who tries to escape to make sure that he shoots them dead and becomes a kind of Bernie gets like. Thank you for saying that. I was hoping you would say that. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and then, yeah. And then I'm sorry. And then the Murray Franklin stuff happens. And then like the finale after that. That's basically Joker. Yeah. And in regards to the the Bernie gets comparison, like similarly, I think there's a kind of divide. There's a debate in the city about like, you know, between people who are like, finally, you know, somebody's doing something about this. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, except I think it's sort of flipped because in this instance, um, they're kind of like affluent uh, people who work for the Wayne Foundation. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's it's almost like uh, there's and I think one one important thing to add to the overview is that the, the a huge theme of this film is uh, class struggle. It's very much uh, like like Leo said, you know, 1980s, and um, there's just this big divide between the haves and the have-nots. Um, it's right. palpable and it's kind of ready to bubble over. Um, and 
inadvert it, it it does not because the voc- the Joker is looking to be any kind of folk hero or or speak up for the people, but his actions uh, are viewed by many who were already you know not feeling right. that divide, and they they take it on, on as a cause you know in rising up against uh, just wealth inequality. And the Joker, Arthur, at the same time, is very removed and kind of could care less about that, you know. And, and for him, I would say another huge theme of the film, he his quest is basically to be seen. You know, he tells his, mm-hmm. um, his therapist uh, that for most of his life he didn't think he was real or he questioned it, you know what I mean? And, and after the violent, if, after his, you know kind of violent reclamation of his being um takes place then he's he he tells her like now i know that i'm real um so right. there's definitely a relationship with the gun that he gets from his co-worker early on and him um i don't know seeking or or finding power in that which i guess right is, like is, getting any like remnant self-actualization like it gives him that yeah yeah which is his track it is yeah definitely so i mean i mean i think i think we hit the big the big points one one point that i would add is that uh, uh, where i see him kind of like for lack of better words at his calmest or at his kind of like maybe nicest or however we want to describe it is this relationship that he has with his neighbor um I can't think of, I think, can't think of Sophie. name, but Zazie, Zazie, yeah, there we go, Sophie, Zazie, yeah. Zazie Bates. And so, you know, when he, his interactions with her seem to be the most calmest, you know, even, even with his mother, like, I mean, obviously, you know, we see what he does to his mother, but like, even with her, there's just these moments, he just seems, <clears throat> I don't want to say at peace, mm-hmm. but he's definitely, you know, somebody different. You know, it's almost like maybe this out of body experience, you know, yeah. in a much calmer way when he's with her. Although, well, we should the, we should speak about that, Grace. Can you can you go a little bit more into that? Because there's obviously more as the film goes on. There's more to that than you know we're led to believe initially. So, you know, I guess just just tell everyone what the what the the so, basis of the relationship is. Yeah, so I mean, basically, they're on the elevator. She, you know, her and um, her daughter are coming home from. She's, you know, grocery shopping. Or probably had picked her up from school or something, and they're on the elevator. And um, I can't think of the, the the comment that was made, but instead of her like reacting, you know, like scared, she kind of like, oh yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can I can tell you if I as 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 a dad. Yes, please. I can yeah. interject. <laughs> It's it's just one of those moments. It, it's it's actually very relatable. Where you know a parent who who loves their child very much has maybe been you know running around with your kid and they're kind of just going on all day and you got a lot of adult stuff on your head and you kind of get to this moment where you're like, all right, yeah, I heard you the last time. So she kind of makes a um, and it's definitely one of the many taxi driver references, but she makes a you know blowing her brains out. Right uh, from from the annoyance like gesture with her with her fingers, um, and Arthur like finds that funny. Now it's really mm-hmm. interesting because for you know it's a type of interaction that maybe a lot of us might have with somebody at the store or whatever on the street where you're not like befriending that person and you're not like 
you know, starting some long-term meaningful connection, but it's just like one of those, like, you know, Mondays, right? Type of things. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a kind of like essential fraternity. Also, it's also a fraternity. I feel that is rooted in class because they both live in this shitty building. Right. right. And they're both kind of like, not, you know, on top of the world. Yeah. <laughs> so there's kind of a like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm sorry, Grace, I kind of cut you off, but. Oh, no, no. I mean, and you know, then there's just like moments where like they go to a diner and like he's like, there's the laughing that happens is like not a, you know, laughing because of his condition, but like he's enjoying himself. He's having a good time and she appears to be having a good time as well. Um, she also comes to see him at a show, um, a comedy, sh- you know, the comedy show where he ends up, you know, kind of getting this infamous fame. Um, and, you know, so it's like, to me, it was like that dynamic or that relationship between them was, was unique because, uh, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know what was going to happen to her. And I was like, hopeful that she'd stay alive and that he wouldn't do anything to her. So like my whole mind is like, please just, I just, just don't, don't do anything to her. Just like, she's, she ain't in this, 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 you know, like she just somebody here so wait so were you blindsided by the reveal grace the which reveal the reveal that like it's all like a fiction yeah, like that, that was all wasn't. fake that yeah, was all in the yeah. Yeah. like no, did that like no, i wasn't i wasn't black because it, then it clicked like oh yeah got what, it right, yeah because right. it's, it's worth yeah it's, i think it's worth mentioning to everyone that um we're and you know arguably the reveal that you know arthur had not been in a relationship with Sophie and that they didn't get close um, is the biggest tell in the film that, you know, his grip on reality and his perception of what's real and what isn't is, is, you know, not reliable. So um, the, so yeah, yeah. So essentially that scene that we described in the elevator is as far as we know, the only like real thing essentially, you know, cause she mm-hmm. goes to her apartment, he goes to his life and everything and then um, I think it is important to mention that he essentially stalks her and follows her to work. Right. Um, right. Appa- apparently. Day. Apparently. Although you know what, I don't. I don't fucking know. Like I was thinking back on it because I was remembering the film today, and I was like, I don't know. Maybe he fucking didn't. Maybe they never even talked in his doorway about him stalking. No, her. I definitely because think, they have yeah. because they have a weird meet cute in his doorway where she's yeah. like, "Were you stalking me?" And he's like, "Yeah." yeah. He's like, yeah. Okay. "Okay," and she doesn't give a shit. And it's like. Wait, that was probably bullshit. And yeah, yeah, to be yeah, honest, no. like, yeah, maybe know, he didn't even stalk her. Like, I don't like maybe right. that was all in his fucking head. And that's a good point. I think that uh, I I kind of read the stalking part as real because she didn't seem to notice him. And then, um, like you mentioned, she he shows she shows up at his door and asks him, and um, he quote unquote gets out of it by making a joke because she says. Because she works at a bank, and, and he's... He makes a joke about a gun. About getting a gun to come rob the bank right. so he can see her. <laughs> right. And she's like, like it, she's like, oh, boy, you're so crazy. And yeah, then, she's uh, like, ah Yeah, like, th- that whole scene is very, like, what? <laughs> like, well, this is fuck- the thing. This is the thing to me, right? Like, it's very... Because um, if you watch Arthur, right, his whole way of, I think, relating or, or trying to relate to people comes from television. Like you know, later mm-hmm. on, later on, before yeah. he's gonna go on the Murray show, uh, or Murray show, he um, he's he practices by watching old tapes of you know a celebrity coming out and doing a cool entrance and everything. So yeah, and yeah. a lot of his like his dancing and everything, it, it comes from just you could tell that like he 
doesn't know how to relate to people and he kind of takes it off on TV. And that whole meet cute is like a million. Could be that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like the, it's all over yeah. cinema history is like these type of unrealistic, um, you know, pairings. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, I think we should mention because, you know, we all lo- love Zazie Beats on, and she she does, uh, you know, seemingly make it out of the film unscathed. But there is, she is literally the greatest. Yes. Yes. She, <laughs> yeah. And there, there's a, the reveal moment that we were talking about later in the film after everything is really all going to hell for Arthur. He's got some bodies on his hand and like it's it's some. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, the bodies are piling up. The bodies are piling up. And he's uh, you know, he comes back to her apartment like almost the way that like a, a boyfriend or girlfriend would come back to their significant other like yo it's been a terrible day and he right. the door happens to be open and he sits on her couch and you know, she's putting her child to bed. And right. when she comes in and sees him, she's just she's she's shocked, like you know, like like anybody would be seeing a stranger or almost stranger in their apartment. And that's where we realized that um, it was all fake. You know what I mean? And like it was all in his head. Um, all the times we saw them hanging out, and uh, it, it clicks into place. And like I said, that's um, as far as the narrative devices of the film, it's one of the biggest um, indicators of his relationship <laughs> yeah. with reality. It was it was definitely a fight club moment. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's built it's built like that. It's yeah. built like that. Yeah. And this movie definitely references a lot of other films. I mean, largely Taxi Driver, but you know, a lot of films. Right. Yes. So, so Oh, go ahead, Tony. <laughs> so I know we're gonna talk about it and we yeah. might as well get it out of the way, but before we do that, um I think the there is one point with the mother where she has some secret about um, Arthur's uh, Parentage. father. Yeah. yeah. Um, and basically it, we come to find out that the fa- that his father is actually Thomas Wayne. Um, of course, we realize this actually may not be true. This is because she is also suffering from some sort of uh, – Mental disease, delusional, delusion, whatever. Just you know, you can run through the litany of uh, mental health issues that she has. Um, But what what I found fascinating, you know, not just that he went to to Wayne Manor and we see Bruce Wayne and all that other stuff. I think what was fascinating was because I think for that moment, if they would have went with the narrative that Arthur was Bruce's brother, Mm -hmm. I would have probably ended up loving this film. Mm. Me, that would have been something I did not see coming. You know, and and the fact it didn't go that way, I was just like, all right, well, let let me introduce this, Tony. Yeah, I I really, so I read it the same way, right? But like, the more I thought about the next day, you know, the more I talked about it, the more the film is in this weird, ends up in this weird fifty-fifty place where it. Could, yeah. It could be true because one, you know, Thomas Wayne, and we should just mention this film's Thomas Wayne is essentially 1980s Donald Trump. Like he's a terrible right. person. Right. He, and he's I want to talk the, about that too, by yeah. the way, but go ahead. Well, we'll get more into that. Yeah, yeah. But like essentially what I was going to say is they they throw these curveballs at us. Um, so like Arthur um, basic, basically confronts Thomas Wayne and confronts Bruce Wayne, you know, uh, at, at, at Wayne Manor, Arthur shows up, you know, 
I mean, not Arthur, Alfred um, shows up and makes an appearance. Um, and this, uh, to me, there's actually a question about if that's real because, like, Alfred, Alfred is a yep. G, you know what I mean? And <laughs> and you got this, you got this kind of emaciated uh, Ar- <laughs> Arthur who basically kind of overpowers Alfred. And I'm like, come on, because Alfred's got military training, but you know, whatever. So, so anyway, well, story- wasn't he still wasn't he still behind the gate though? He was, oh, yeah, yeah. But, but I just, I just feel like, I feel like Alfred. I didn't had- get, I, I got no Alfred energy off that dude at all. No, he had, yeah, he not. did not have B. He was the driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Fair enough. Fair. So maybe in this world, Alfred is literally just a butler with no, no hardcore skills. <laughs> Yo, no BAE, no BAE. Quote me on it. All right. Um. So anyway. Um. <laughs> So yeah, long, long story short, uh, he there, there, there's a bunch of of uh, the evidence that that Arthur got when he goes to um, Arkham Asylum or Arkham Hospital in this film, as to you know the fact that his mother was delusional and he isn't Thomas Wayne's um, son, like you know it's all in the form of this this medical report and he's there's evidence in there of his adoption and everything, and I mean we are all living in a Weinstein world, post Weinstein world, where we know that wealthy people yep. can kind of work yep. the levers to control the narrative about like what ha- did or did not happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there's a very distinctive scene as Arthur is, you know, nearing the the climax of the film where he's looking at an old picture of his mom around the time when she would have worked for Thomas Wayne, and it's there's a note on the back that says, um, "Love your smile." in reference to his mom and it's a, it's signed tw as in thomas wayne now that could go either way because that could be something that his mom in her delusion wrote or it mm-hmm. could be from thomas or it could or it could be todd phillips putting in a joke about trigger warnings <laughs> okay <laughs> which i guess knowing what we know of todd phillips wouldn't be totally crazy but yeah um wow. but, but either way, though, like it, it's it's interesting because it leaves it in a place where it's it's either or, and I think there's a lot of things in the film which, when we get to the ending, where it leaves us in a place where, like, I don't know, maybe it was this was real, and maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I felt very shaky confidence about whether he actually was Thomas Wayne's son or not by the Same end of it. Here. I thought he totally could be. He yeah. totally. Same could here. Be yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was not completely convinced that it was like that he was not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also this Trump version of Thomas Wayne would totally uh... well see, and that, and that brings to my second point why I part this is part of the movie where I like because I really think that it's one of these things where we have been built to or we have been said to believe. Oh my God, my Amazon is on. Sorry, <laughs> this is at a point where. Um, we believe that Thomas Wayne is this great man. We've always been told that in in the comic book, only to find out that he's like an asshole. Are you sure that's that not great. a porno? That sounds no. Kind of it's my Amazon to take <laughs> fucking vitamins, whatever. Anyway, what kind of vitamins are you taking? I'm not going to say what vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, vitamin Tony. D, you might be right, but anyway, Tony, go on, uh, go on. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, is that. I love the fact that Thomas Wayne was, we know him in the comic book based on how Bruce sees him as yeah, this right. yep. philanthropist, this great man, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, only yeah. for it to be like, well, maybe he was an asshole, and we don't know that because 
well, we only have seen Thomas through the lens of Bruce. Yeah. But it wouldn't be that far from the truth, considering that in the way that Bruce has been an asshole. Oh, absolutely. You know, (laughs) apple don't fall far from the tree, you know. And and honestly, in real life, good people don't become billionaires. Like, you know, not not really. Like, if, if there are any, they're few and far between. That's that's word. That's word. <laughs> Say less. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like a very good way to put it. Yeah. I like I appreciated that characterization of Thomas Wayne in the movie, although I don't think I don't think the movie is in, incredibly obvious about the fact that he's like a scumbag, but it's it's pointing <laughs> in that it points. In oh, that yeah. It points I, in yeah. Sure. I think like, they do. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I think, well, also going back to the whole wealth thing of the film, you know, there's the scene when um, the Joker goes to confront Thomas Wayne. Uh, they're they're viewing a Charlie Chaplin film, and it's specifically yeah. a yeah. film that's about, um, you know, about the workers being exploited, essentially, yeah. by, the, yeah. by the wealthy. So. Right. It's like one of the most obvious ironies in the film. And there's all these people in tuxes laughing. Yeah. You know, they're all like enjoying this, like, you know, piece of fucking proletariat art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As they're, prepare- as they're preparing for the, the uprising. You right. Know, yeah. right. With a riot outside, literally outside the gates. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. definitely a rich versus poor type of film. I totally got that. That's why I kind of reference Fight Club because it's very Fight Clubish. So can I okay, let me let me let me offer something right because uh, when I mentioned earlier I had a real arc with this film, I walked out uh, you know a, a little bit salty at at, at a portion of this narrative and what it was specifically was the way that the grievances of the have-nots are represented in the film mm-hmm. because uh. number one there's very I feel like there's very kind of on the nose imagery linking to today's resistance in today's you know activism in a mm-hmm. in a trump era you know i mean their their signs literally said resist you know mm-hmm. and you know i i think that um so I'm, I'm just gonna like like in real life right like one of the things that's really been i found maddening over the last 10 years is you've had things like you've had the occupy movement you've had the black lives matter improve um movement and with both, but especially Black Lives Matter, one of the refrains you heard from people who found the movement and its voices to be um, inconvenient, one of the things that people used to try to discredit the movement was, what are they asking for? What do they want? They're not even saying anything, blah, blah, blah. Even though you had tons of people, awesome, brilliant people, you know, saying this is exactly what we want. These, these are the ways in which Black Lives are not being respected. These are the issues, boom, boom, boom. And then people are like, yeah, but I didn't hear anything. You know what I mean? It's a, And so my point is, in this film, right, but it also in real life, you know, you also had uh, what happened in Missouri. You know, you had people you burning and, you know, burning things out of just rage of, of not being seen or heard, et cetera. You know, so you kind of had both sides of the coins in real life is what happens a lot of times. You know what I mean? Some people basically set shit off and some people um are getting out there and articulating exactly what's going on in this film nobody was really articulating anything the only um face that we get for discontent in this film is just kind of aimless anger Mm. and 
you mm-hmm. know, you, there's nobody mm-hmm. saying like, yo, these are our grievances. This is mm-hmm. what's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, well, well, but mm-hmm. I mean, consider the city itself. The movie starts in the middle of a garbage strike. Okay. Right? Like this is like this is a, a an environment that is like beset by the loss of its like most basic faculties. And then beyond that, like you have the fact that, you know, I don't think it's like totally a one to one relationship, but Arthur loses access to his medication. It's explained to him by a social worker in a bit of a dispassionate way. Right. But like that's sort of what like heads off like the 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 kind of bulk of his delusions mm-hmm. is not uh, is not taking meds. Which, which you know what? Like I mean, if I don't know if we need to get too into the nitty gritty on this, but like you know, like I worked in mental health for like a very long time, and like there is a definite. Uh, a definite standard and experience of like people who are taking medications wanting to take less of them. Yes. And there are other people who disagree and and they say like, well, you know, like I, like that's fine for you, but I personally need these medications like function. And Arthur is neither of those. Arthur is someone who actually wanted more medication. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's actually mm-hmm. told that like, yeah, you're cut off. Like you're literally done. Right. And I mean, it, that's, like, I don't want to say that, like, the, the entirety of his agency rests on that governmental shift or mm-hmm. that 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 systemic decision, but it's a component of it. And so, like, these sort of specific details, like, swirl in the system of the movie of the movie where we're looking at, like, where blame might be placed. I mean, look, you get even fucking like really in the weeds. It's like Brian Tyree Henry's like brief scene, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In which Arthur like rests his, his medical records from him. Um, I got the feeling that Brian Tyree Henry is like, like an overworked individual at mm-hmm. Arkham. Oh yeah. This oh, is yeah. Not, like this For is not sure. a system that runs well. It's like, he's over there and he's stressed and he's like, fuck, I'm sorry to find all this information about you. And then they have this like whole, like, you know, exchange. And it's like, I feel like we see, we see, um, systemic disrepair pretty much from the, from credits on, like, it's just the whole fucking movie. No, absolutely. So if it has a blame, if it has a blame, if there's a landing for the blame, I feel like it is the system. So I don't think the movie illustrates that in like the most eloquent way or the most confident way. Right. right. But there is evidence there. So yeah, all right. Let me just because I, I feel like I might have gotten a little so and everything you said, I totally agree, right? What I what I was getting at though is is specifically in regards to this uprising, um, to be more succinct. You're right, like people like the the, the social worker, you know, and other other characters in the film do uh anecdotally reference kind of what's going on in the with the the city and the system and the disrepair and also it mirrors like what happened in the 80s with reagan um right cutting exactly. funding which you know even in albany new york that affected albany a lot because like the um just a lot of people who are on the street to this day you know were people who had been receiving mental health treatment and um just got cut off you know what i mean and their life took a took a definite turn but anyway long story short right like what i'm saying is that in regards to the, specifically to the uprising like they they literally kind of become clowns and the whole clown moniker and identification thing happens because thomas wayne in his kind of right. elitist, elitist trump type way is like they're all a bunch of clowns blah 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 you know right but it's an ironic reaction yeah. right so they so they yeah they kind of throw it back and we're like yeah f it we're clowns but they're resistance only takes form of violence and i feel like we're in a time where everyone's always like 
you know, Antifa shouldn't be punching Nazis, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're so violent, they're thugs, etc. So, I mean, to me, it just, I, I came away initially like, yo, this film, and, you know, knowing what I know of Todd Phillips and his kind of douchey statements, um, I was a little bit, I felt like he was kind of taking a shot at um, activists, resistance, etc., you know, but then right. I did, the next day I did think about the fact that there is a healthy balance of wealth critique um, in the film. And so it's probably a little bit of both sidesism, which also drives me crazy. But, you know, I guess it's not 100 percent one sided is what I'm saying. No, I think your initial instincts like are accurate in the sense that the film like doesn't really seem to want to have like like an articulate like discussion or present like a mob as in as an articulate political statement home. Like right. they're not, they, it is, they are, they are, they are rioting, which can happen because of systemic disrepair. Like oh, that's 100%. not, that's not insane. That's not an insane notion, but it's like, they're, they don't seem to be like rioting to like put the rich in their place. They're just, they're just right. They're, they're just, just angry. Just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. also, but that, but where, like you said, but to take it a step further, what, what really bothered me was the fact that I felt at least on a visual and aesthetic level, it was um, meant to mirror or appeared to mirror like the It kind of can't help, but yeah, I suppose. But I yeah, mean, you know, yeah, yeah, no, you're no, but you're right. You're right. Like, I mean, and I, I didn't say that to excuse it. I meant no, 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 that, I know. Yeah. I said that like as an artistic choice, like, unless you're like, I mean, just like absolutely ignorant of what's going on. Like you have to understand the, the echoes that you're as a filmmaker that you're presenting. And those signs could have said anything other than resist. That, that, that's a choice. You know what I mean? That's yeah. A definite choice. Yeah. That's very true. We could we could go on about that all day. Yeah, like so so Grace and Tony, like what do, what do the both of you think about like the 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 film attempting to make a coherent political statement? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know it's it's I didn't honestly I didn't see a lot of political statements in this. I really thought that this was a class type of thing, and maybe that is political in a sense, but, Mm. you know, I I really felt like there was this, we're going to pick a time in American history, uh, like, I, because I I know it was supposed to be in the 80s, but I felt like it felt more like the 70s, in which, you know, you know, everybody is is hurting, um, and we're just going to go from there. Um, I feel like the subway trains were right out of the 70s. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It felt like a 70s thing to me. yeah, I didn't like I said I didn't view it as a political. And honestly, I think I think Marcus is right. Like what what are we really what are the what are we really saying here? I think uh, you're you're putting you're making Gotham a a city of crime and anger for the sake of making it crime and anger without really sort of saying what it's angry about other than everybody's poor or there's a a wage gap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Um, and and that and also I just want to say that for a major city to be having all these issues and you see very little black people on the streets protesting mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. I'm just, I was thinking that's great I, <laughs> I can't really take this movie that seriously. Well, I will I will say not to def- not to defend the movie, but I I'm always looking out for the black people and. Uh, there were when it when it at least came to the point where people were on masks, you would see like a lot of clowns with distinct yeah. afros. So there there were definitely black and brown people. They were there. There was they a were different. There. Oh, they were there. 
And I and I appreciate that they weren't used as we would normally see. I mean, they all relatively survived. I say relatively. Right. Um, And I I do appreciate that. But I, I, you know, I also kind of feel because we don't see them in the background that much that they were there just for diversity's sake. Yeah. And that's the real sense of a movie. Because if this is supposed to be Gotham, a real metropolis, a metro, whatever, um, metropolis, Mm -hmm. a real like city, you're gonna see everyone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not just what we saw. I mean, that's my opinion. I agree. No, no, no. That's a good point. And actually, after Grace gives her thoughts, I I think we should circle back to um, to race, period, and, and the representation of okay. different groups, black people and other p- groups in this film. Yeah. So, and, and mine would kind of, like, trickle into that. So, much like Tony, um, I, I definitely wasn't really seeing like political, unless we're talking about class being political, which it very well could be. Um, and I guess if, you know, what we're going to be talking about political and um, blame this on, I've been rereading Martha Washington stuff. Mm. So okay. um, the whole idea of um, like mental health, you know, um, the, this idea of hospitals, this idea of not getting um, sufficient care, you know, this idea of like public housing being trash and there's no, you know, no sense of rejuvenation on that. And so that, I mean, for me, it was really class. It was a mental health. Those were, and I guess what could be seen as political statements on the lack of what happens when you take something away from somebody who needs it. Mm. Um, and, and this is speaking generally, not just necessarily just Arthur, but just mm. like his mother, you know, like mm. they, there's just a lot. So like what happens when, you know, uh, those who really need it the most don't get it. Mm. Do we just basically, oh, well, sucks for them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we forget about that. So right. I guess for me, though, that's what I see as the political, not necessarily, um, you know, the rights and all that other stuff. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, so yeah, let's 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 talk about the black folks in the film. I mean, Leo referenced, uh, you know, Brian Tyree Henry, which uh, I I would say both I would say his scene is kind of emblematic of um, something that I noticed in this film, in that he, you know, he didn't get a lot of screen time, but I think he did a lot, and I think it's definitely a testament to his uh, just mastering of the craft of acting. Um, but like he he did a lot with a little time in the scene um and you know arthur is coming to uh, you know he works in in records and i think leo mentioned that he's basically kind of an overworked um probably underpaid employee um you know in a system that is is failing pretty much everybody and um he does you know help arthur to a certain extent with um finding records about his mom and his past um before arthur basically steals the records but um you know he kind of demonstrates uh his 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 wariness uh with the system and he demonstrates uh you know some compassion to arthur in his situation and um like i said he's just kind of doing a lot without a lot of time in this film and to me it's kind of representative because there's definitely um black characters on the screen like they're not necessarily the central characters except sophie arguably um, but, you know, they definitely aren't necessarily insignificant, you know. Another scene I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about is, 
which is very brief, is the lady on the bus. It's not like that scene. So, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, so... Yo, like, yo, speak to it. Speak to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear what you have to say. It made it made black women look terrible. Yeah. I, I don't... I don't... I don't I've never... In the times I've ridden the bus and the public... Mm transportation i've never seen someone who makes a kid laugh the parents like leave my kid alone right i've never seen that happen i I was yeah i was very thrown off with that reaction i was like whoa so wait a minute (laughs) okay all right like as as i think grace hinted at like earlier in the film like there's there are a lot of black actors in this film Mm -hmm. um a lot of them are not given a shitload to do no uh the one like for the most part even the ones who aren't given a ton to do, do a lot. And like there, there, there's, there's something there to read into or to like look for or to investigate. Um, I, I, I would agree that she is one of them. I, Marcus and I talked about this film briefly before this recording. Um, I like, I said like, and, and, and this, and by the way, like, I don't want to attribute like some great meaning to Todd Phillips on no, this, but, but I do think that, I do think that like, there's some significance of the fact that when, uh, when Arthur, when Arthur, oh my God, now I'm fucking up Arthur and Alfred, Arthur, yeah. Arthur, when <laughs> Arthur has his, has his, has his, uh, his run in with Brian Tyree Henry, um, and they fight over the medical records. My thought was that he was going to slam Brian Tyree's Henry his face into the gate. He was gonna, like smash him into the gate and grab the records, but he doesn't. He slams his own head into the gate, which stuns him, which stuns Brian Terry Henry, who then lets go of the records for a second so he can grab them. He actually like makes a point to not hurt this like totally innocent fucking records guy. Mm-hmm. Like who also is a black is significantly a black man. Like he makes a point to he to hurt himself instead. And there's like throughout the movie, there doesn't seem to be any particular inclination of Arthur towards uh, any racial violence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't recognize it or point it out or speak to it or uh, acknowledge it in any meaningful way. And there are two ways to look at that. There's one way to look at that in that like Arthur just thinks that we're like we're all in this together. And there's another way to look at it and to say that. Uh, Phillips was scared of any Im- mm. implied racial overtone, so he made a point to yep. like make a yep. discreet of avoidance of any yep. such interaction. I, I kind of lean towards leaning toward that. Yeah, you know yeah. why? Because <laughs> very be- possible. It's very because possible. Uh, I, I don't think I've talked about it in the podcast, but I think Leo and I have definitely talked about my 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 dislike of, of Taxi Driver and thinking it's kind of overrated. Um, but and one of my biggest issues with Taxi Driver is one. It, there's just a overcurrent i'm not even gonna say undercurrent of just racism you know similar era of 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 new york but Mm -hmm. um there's just this whole um as as travis bickles leading up to his his violent taking back of of the city or whatever um you know he's he's there's just these incredibly increasingly tense scenes where he's just ice grilling people he's looking at all the the people that are making the city a terrible place, and they're quite often black people. Some of them are pimps and criminals, and some of them are just regular black people out having dinner. You know what I mean? And there, right. there was, uh, it was an interview, I believe, on one of the DVDs, or like the 20th anniversary edition or something, where um, De Niro was talking about how him and, um, and Scorsese at the time, they really related to that, those, a lot of those feelings of Travis... Um, and De Niro has since said that like he's 
ashamed of that. Like, you know what I mean? That, and he's a, he's mm-hmm. a different person essentially. But to me, like, um, there, so I, I bring all this up because, um, the final scene in Taxi Driver in which, you know, Travis goes to get Jodie Foster back from this, um, this horrible pimp, uh, the pimp is, is, is a white pimp, you know, even yeah, though like yeah. prior in the film, we see a bunch of black pimps, but, um, they, and, but interestingly enough, they had originally written him as a black pimp, but um, I believe it was a studio it was just like you got to change this. You know oh, what I mean? really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They made wow. it, you can look it up. They That's made interesting. That's yeah, interesting. no, they they made him change it just because, and they probably wouldn't have if so much of the rest of the film didn't have this tension um, yep. and frustration with black people, you know, quote mm-hmm. unquote, ruining things. Um, so it's, I, I, I wonder if in a similar vein, if like, you know, Todd Phillips is just like, yo, we can't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, cause yeah, most of the violence really doesn't happen to, if any, does any actual, like, I don't know if any black people die. It's implied at the end. Yeah. That's what I, I implied at the end that he took out. The, the oh doctor. yes, yes, yes. Which was the other thing right. that pissed me off. That was well, okay, that okay. Was the other Put, thing put me a pin off. in that for a second. Let's okay, get okay, to the, yeah, let's yeah. finish talking about the movie and then we'll get to the ending because I have a lot of thoughts about the ending. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so, um, so, you know, continuing on the race, um, the social worker who all we know is just as the social worker. Mm, I, yeah. you know, much like you know Brian Tyree Henry, like she, you know, she's brief, short, but maxes out definitely mm-hmm. what you know her purpose because yeah. like that's where he really realize like this whole journaling that she wants him to, you know, actively do, mm-hmm. you know, that he's, you know, he has this book that he writes everything in and, you know, puts the pictures in and whatever. And, you know, she relates and understands like, yeah, we live in this messed up, jacked up world, you know, like, so she, in a way, I guess maybe help, uh, helps to, for him to, I guess, channel some of, you know, whatever, all these thoughts he got going on. Mm. So I think in that sense, she, you know, plays this, you know, pivotal role in him kind of like channeling his direction, not the direction of like what he does taking people out, Mm -hmm. but like this kind of like channeling the direction of what's like happening in his head and putting, you know, uh, thoughts to paper. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Should, uh, let's get to the end. Yeah. Let's get to the end. (laughs) Okay. Can also, I, can also I, quick can time, I, quick time check. We're at one oh five. Uh, just want to okay. Check. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll wrap this soon. Can I? Can I start talking about the yeah, end? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I yeah. I like the 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 general end of this whole film is what I hated about it the most. I think that like the movie. I think the movie runs a little too long. I think the ending itself is really misguided and confusing. Uh, mm-hmm. And um and like. Personally, like, I mean, I don't I don't like a lot of the notes of where the end goes, but I would say that it would be have been fine to end it in his talk with the social worker at Arkham Asylum where he says. Uh, you wouldn't get it, I wouldn't get the joke, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't get the joke. That should be the end official end of the yeah. movie. And it's not. And even before that, like, I am absolutely aghast at the the squeezing in of the murder of yep. Thomas and Martha Wayne. I think yep. that's a horribly bad idea like uh, 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 yeah <laughs> uh, the what the only thing i can think of as to why they put that in is that they want to potentially franchise this so they're like let's tie everything together even though none of it makes sense like right. as to why bruce would be 10 years old while joker is however the fuck old he is like yep. none of that tracks right yep. but like let's just put it in there in case we want to make a follow-up or a sequel or a batman movie that continues joker or some make the next movie's bruce i, I don't fucking know that whole like that was 
totally unnecessary and excessive. Mm. We did not need another another Wayne murder, another and, and murder of the Wayne. Down, down to the pearls. For those of realize, that was the scene in which I was like, damn, yes. like, you know, golly, we got to put this in again. Yeah, yeah when I saw wait, that, wait, I, I forgot wait. who said this. Sorry, but they someone said that this was the only movie that actually explained why they were actually in an alley. Oh, <laughs> right. That's people that's in the world are in the fucking alley. Yeah. That's true, and I still hate it, but that's still, true. No, I still right. hate it. Yeah, I know. Side note, side note. Saturday Night Live sketch. Oh, The Grouch. Yeah. The Grouch. No, no, no. No, 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 I was going to make up a Saturday Night Live sketch, okay, so that, okay, was a okay. pretty, that was a pretty funny sketch with David Hardborough, it was pretty yeah. funny. No, I'm making up a Saturday Night Live sketch, um, it's Bruce Wayne and, uh, and Arthur Fleck are brothers, and it's the intro to a sitcom called The Wayne Brothers. Mm. <laughs> the Waynes? <laughs> the Waynes, Waynes, oh, the Wayans. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wayne. Happy end there. Caucasian and they're right, <laughs> right, right, uh, right, and it's all about how they're actually biologically related. Really? I'm sorry, continue, continue. All right. reason, I, I had bosom buddies in my head when you said. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hate that. I hate that. I I was so mad when that happened. When that happened, I was always like, yeah. I was already like, this film could have been over. Like we did not fucking see this. As soon as I saw the Marcus Zorro on the, yep. the I know, me right. too. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Zorro and the Gay Blade. Zorro the Gay Blade. Yeah, that's yeah. the. Uh, yeah, well, I really had a problem with that. I think. I think overall, tonally, the end of it is like it, it, the the thing that's interesting about the end, and the thing that I think sort of doesn't justify the movie, but makes it um, interesting enough in like a gritty, like like a like chewy way for me is that. <laughs> is that there seems to be a great irony in the fact that the Joker has now been like trumpeted as like a hero to the Madden crowd. <laughs> and, and the truth is that, that this crowd of like rioters wearing clown masks, like don't understand him or know him at all. Right. And right. He doesn't and understand he doesn't, them yeah, at all. Yeah. It's like in both directions, like it's literally like their hero and the crowd have, there's a total disconnect, but they're still having this moment and he's having this moment of like great attention. And that to me did feel like, sort of uh like like meaningful and thoughtful and i don't even know if it's on purpose but it made me like really like think like all right is this trying to like say something about like the heroes that that great civil unrest sort of unearth and 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 you know make into pariahs or martyrs or or, or figureheads um and that there is a sort of uh there's a there's a great distance between them and he's so happy at the end right and it's like he's he's just as alone as he always was. So let honest. me, but but he got what he was looking for the whole time, the which was to be seen. Yeah, to be yep, seen and yep. know that he's seen and and to get the attention. And, and incidentally, I thought like I thought that the point that you said they could have stopped with the you wouldn't get the joke is one place that they could have ended because this movie had like three endings. But like yeah. you know they could have ended it there and it would have been uh, I think great. And they could have ended it at the moment when the camera's kind of swirling around the crowd. What you're talking about right there, I also yeah. think it could have. And just to answer your, your well, just my, my answer to your question, I think that it might be a little bit of a broken clock is right twice a day in that, like, maybe 
Ty Phillips was really trying to offer a critique about the heroes that we lift up and find meanings in. And it's also quite possible because if you look at it, it's not, I don't think it's a, it's, it's, it's not a reciprocal thing. You, you got the two elements, you got the, uh, the, the people um, who are rioting, protesting, uprising, etc., And you got um, the, the Joker. And like you said, they're totally disconnected. Um, they're kind of reading the situation in each other very differently. And, uh, but he's getting what he wants. He's got a sense of completion in that moment in their right. interaction and they feel like they're getting something, but I don't, but they're not actually tangibly getting something in, in, in the same way that he is. You know what I'm right. saying? So I feel like there's this imbalance and honestly, much like the film is off from his perspective, I feel like that moment is decidedly more from his perspective, you know, right. than, than theirs. If I may yeah. just say one thing, I think that, uh, Marcus, to your point, maybe the, the real message that this director is trying to say is that people don't really know what they're mad at. So yeah. they're just mad at something. Right. Which he did at. say in his stupid interviews, but go ahead. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. And it's right. Just, that, like, that's... You're yeah. making a commentary about like comedy itself. Like you're. Oh, there were some culture. very on the note. I don't. Sorry, but I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back. No, yeah. no it's just I, I feel like he was a commenter on rage culture. Yep. Absolutely. And and mm -hmm. and yes, in the Joker's screed on the the Marty show, he he does. There are some very on the nose things where he's talking about comedy and what people do and don't find funny and i felt i really felt like we were just listening all to cringe Todd phillips yeah. Mm -hmm. all cringe yeah 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 no i i, I on the whole i don't re I, like i mean i think the scene that scene itself is f is fine in the sense of like where it fits into the plot but i do not like that scene overall mm -hmm. i do not like I, I, like his his speech almost doesn't make exact sense considering that moments ago in the movie or like you know like halfway into the movie we see him utterly like come apart in front of a crowd attempting to be a comedian and now he has like the ability to make articulate statements now that he's like arguably witnessed by more people than most anybody can ever be witnessed by in their lives right. and all of a sudden like he can he's lucid and communicating something like I, I don't like i don't like the scene i don't like the 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 murray franklin scene like i mean I mean, overall, it is it is like, and I, know, I think you're I think you're right. I think like that moment and definitely the camera swirling around him on the car moment are are moments where Phillips is trying to speak louder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know what? When you when you brought up the the Murray scene, it one thing it uh, reminded me of, which was one of the least enjoyable aspects of my film experience, which actually wasn't uh, the film it, itself, a part of the film itself was just the audience and um specifically behind me i feel like there's this group of like five or six you know uh youngish middle-aged like white men and women and they were laughing at all the wrong stuff you know what i mean they oh, were yeah. oh yeah yeah like 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 things where the film is basically communicating like uh heartbreaking you know, anguish, uh, both from Arthur and, and, you know, in other ways, they, they found it funny, you know, they were, they were dying laughing at the part with, which I want to come back to a little bit, uh, if we can, the, the, the little person, 
um, in Arthur's apartment, you know, when, mm-hmm. he, when, when he can't get out. And, you know, it's to me, that seems more of like a horror movie uh, scene, but they, they found it hilarious. Um, I, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of laughed. <laughs> I did because it was a part where I just, it was so unexpected. Right. And the guy playing that act, that, that part did it so well that it was just, and maybe it was a nervous laugh, but it was still like. Yeah, a nervous was, laugh is different than what I what was going on in my theater. It wasn't but it nervous was laugh. It was kind of comedic right. in a sense. It was it was comedic and it was messed up, but it was you know it was the only Absolutely. thing that yeah yeah. And I'm not sitting on a high horse at all, like saying nobody you know. Did, yeah, whether, no, it's played for a gallows laugh. That's it how it's like played for. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, it, I don't know. Like when you think about little people in movies, like holy crap, there's like only you know what I'm saying. Like there's there's so. <laughs> The yeah. role is almost always about them being a little person. You almost never see right, in right, a, in a and film. they and they just did that plain. Yeah, plain. like you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like you know, I'm gonna tell everybody to boycott the movie because of it. And this, and this film by far is not the most or the only guilty party. But I will say, just in Hollywood in general, if there's a little person in your film, their their role in the film, which is usually small, is gonna most no pun intended is is gonna be all about the fact they're a little person and you know so but that's neither here nor there but I, I had this experience in regards to like the violence and you know and and they also like were reacting in some of his in, in all of joker's violent scenes as though they were watching this hero you know rising to prominence and not as in like you know these are the elements of a person that was barely holding on, you know what I mean? Like really. Right. Which is like, which, which I think contrasts greatly because despite like the, in my opinion, despite like the pre film release hype, I do not think that this movie glorifies anything violent. Right. I think that like the character of Joker is extremely pathetic, somewhat sympathetic and like not in any way, like, like a, a figure to be idolized or looked at in that way to the point where even like, even the rioters in the movie that make him the hero look kind of foolish for thinking he is one. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing about the movie that justifies or glorifies, uh, you know, like, like wanton violence. In my opinion, like there, I didn't I get that at all. Like I, I, I found it, I found like what it showed was like pretty distasteful, like for that. And it didn't make bones about it. It wasn't like, yeah, but it's cool. Right. It's like, no, it's, it's not Joker. This Joker is not cool at all. He's not. He's not. No. <laughs> he's not at all cool. But I think I think in the no, I, and I totally agree with you. I think in a way, like even though this is a very small sampling and it is an you know it's it's anecdotal, um, I feel that it it kind of speaks to the fact that with a lot of these things, it's not always about intent. And also, you know, you know, we all agree that like the move, blah blah blah, movies don't kill people. People kill people. Whatever. But um, it does speak to the fact that you can have whatever intentions as a filmmaker, but you are releasing a film in an era or climate that you're releasing it in, and you can't necessarily control the fact that some people are going to read it as glorifying, even though that wasn't your intent, and you right. may have, you know, gone to certain lengths to say, like, no, this isn't my intent. It's like somehow some people are coming away with the fact that he's a folk hero, you know, not necessarily everybody and I'm not saying disclaimer that this film's going to kill anybody, blah, blah, blah. But you know, yeah, it doesn't help that. He also says some dumb shit. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking Todd Phillips. But, but, well, but so- he can't do his comedy though. I mean, 
Yeah, poor, no. Yeah. Poor him. You know, poor Todd Phillips. Uh, it's impossible to be funny in this era. Yeah. I haven't laughed in like three years. Jerry Seinfeld is penniless. Uh, yep. Louis is penniless. Dave Chappelle, he's, he's broke. I mean, you know, these guys, these guys are struggling. Yeah. Yeah, I gave a dollar to Dave Chappelle the other day. Oh, man. You hate to yeah, see I just it. just saw him on the street. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I do have a quick question. Just so as we're looking at the character, you know, looking at Arthur or Joker, whoever we want to look at him, however he is, like, what, what, to what degree or level do we see him as, and for lack of better words, like smart or knows what he's doing? You know, or is it because like I'm seen and this is because it's like, how does someone just like flip like that? Because I mean, yeah, I, I want to be seen, but I ain't out there like shooting up nobody so that I can get seen, you know? So I'm like, so right. at what point is this like he knows what he's doing, you That's know, an and it's more question. than just and it's more than just I'm trying to be seen and, I, you know, and not stepped <laughs> over. I, th- I I think it's probably when he kills his mother. Okay. I think when he when he kills his like even past the actual like the murder in the train because there's something about that situation that's sort of like primal and like right. I almost like I don't feel like he's sitting on the train thinking I'm going to shoot these people I'm going to shoot these people like he just sort of does it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like after he kills his mom like now he has like ex- ex- like expressed agency and realizes that like you know he has a pair of hands and he can affect the world with them. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. One one thing that your your question made me think of Grace is, um, in the movie's multiple endings, uh, there's <laughs> there's a certain sense of that there could be kind of an almost David Lynch or you know memento type thing where there's a question of what parts were real, not even just in regards to his hallucinations with like Sophie and stuff, but even just everything because. Right. There's a part very early on, and I don't, and it definitely wasn't an incidental thing that was thrown in. There's a part early on where his, um, his, his social worker lady, you know, says to him, like, do you remember, like, what got you here? Like, you know? right. And, and, mm-hmm. and you see a brief flashback of him hitting his head against, uh, a glass window in a, in a, you know, some type of sanitarium, uh, asylum type place that looks very much like where he ends up at the end of the film. Um, there's also something weird about how they cut from straight from him being surrounded by the crowd of clowns, you know what I mean? Having just been freed and then you see him uh, kind of locked up in a straitjacket at Arkham Hospital. Um, yeah. no, no green dye in his hair, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and yeah. he's saying you wouldn't get the joke. And it just it just feels like there is a possible implication. They, they definitely leave it open that all of the stuff that we were watching might not have been real or how it happened. And you know what I mean? It might just be right. mind. It's and then, and then she woke up kind of thing. It yeah. totally could be. And I mean, or the fact, like, I know this is like sort of clumsily obvious, but the fact that his social worker is like a short cropped hair black woman. And so is the psychologist at Arkham Asylum, which which I didn't like. I really didn't like because in the end, especially because there was the implication that he killed the social worker. Yeah. Arkham Asylum in the sense of I just didn't like a black woman being killed, period. But I also um, it felt tacked on and weird. And it also kind of worked in the way where. Um, a lot of times 
when people, racist people, white racist white people, etc., you know, get mad at a black person, they basically mm-hmm. almost any other black person will do. Kind of like Liam Neeson yeah. wanting to hunt yeah. down a black guy, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it it kind of operated that way because he had voiced that he felt his first therapist didn't really listen to him, which mm-hmm. is arguable because I I think she did, but whatever. That was his perception. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he seems to really needlessly, like, have killed this other therapist. Although they shoot that last shot in a very dreamlike, strange way, which you also really don't know if that's yeah, real or it not. Yeah, it might, either. that might not have happened, or anything, like, any of them. And this is why, like, the whole, the confusion of the ending, I don't think, like, helps the film at all. I think yeah. it's just messy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't like that. I didn't like the implication that he killed her. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Feel good movie. Yeah. So yeah, f- I guess final thought. Like round the bend. Final thoughts. Well, why don't you start? Yeah. Oh me? Oh, why don't yeah, I start? You. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. The you know similar to like how I mentioned before I. I have to say that I did I did quite like the Joker. I do think that Phoenix's performance was stellar, and there are like parts of this movie that deeply deeply affected me. That got me very upset, and that I felt like there was something being said beyond the bullshit that like we're detailing, mm-hmm. beyond that sort of hazier bullshit. I feel like there's something being said here that is quite valuable about the fact that like people are monsters and that we can like have a sympathy for monsters while not excusing them. Like, I don't think that, like, the that Phoenix's character is, like, meant to be beyond reproach or meant to be idolized or meant to even, even like, in a certain sense, like, be, like, you know, uh, 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 excused at all. Uh, it's, he's, he's suffered a lot and been abused, like, hellishly. And he whether it's if it's not in his head he has like committed a reaction to that and i can have sympathy for a hurt person reacting while also like condemning that person for for like you know for experiencing like the system and and the society in the way that he did Mm. so i there there are there are definitely like like times that 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 sense of isolation and hurt that like i really strongly identified with that person um and only for those but I did think that that was pretty impressive in what is ostensibly a comic book movie because that's not usually where I go. So um, I was impressed by that, and I also think the movie has tons of issues, the ending notwithstanding. I think there there are a lot of like bones to pick with it. Um, but I yeah I I quite like this. I don't necessarily feel like I ever have to watch it more than possibly once again. I, I probably will see it one more time at some point. And then I have no care to watch it again. Uh, do we want to give a number to? I mean, like, yeah, like, I mean, to me, this is like a seven to eight out of ten, I would say, overall. So you give it seven smiles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I give it seven uh, in, 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 inarticulate laughs. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, and I and I will want to preface this by saying that there is a there's a very good chance that I might be desensitized, um, but I didn't I, I guess I didn't get the. I, I think a part of this again is it being so overhyped. 
But uh, I didn't get the, I, I guess that there's a lot of powerful moments that I just that didn't resonate with me. Like when I think about, for example, Logan, uh, Logan resonated with me because there was, there was a strong pull between, you know, um, Logan and his daughter. You know, there was no pull there. Like, okay, so he's- What about when that whole black family gets shotgunned? Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's the only Yo, black eye in I Logan, man. I hate that. I hate I, I that. I do, because I saw it coming. Also, not, uh, sorry to go on a Logan tangent, but also, sorry. it really bothered me because, like, you had, what, Elise Neal and, um, was it Eric LaSalle? You, so you, yeah. had, you, you had two you had two black actors who really did their thing in the 90s, and uh, to me, it was like a commentary on Hollywood and the disposable way in which yeah. they treat us, because it's kind of like you have people who were really doing their thing back then, and at this point, and then you know, 2000, whatever, they're reduced to be the killed off family in, in the movie. So yeah. anyway, rent, rent over. But, Sorry, so I, my point is that even with that scene, that was still, that felt, that affected me. Yeah. I don't think that there was anything really that affected me in this movie in that whole, like either, either in a horrifying way or in a sort of a heart stopping way. Um, and, and it's because again, I think I expected more. Honestly, I expected him to go into the theater and kill everybody in the movie theater. Not in the movie theater, in the oh, in the yeah. audience. Yeah. Because that's the Joker I've come that's to the, know. That's total Joker shit. Yeah. Well, right. Which, which totally literally Joker. happened in Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. That's what I expected. And I think that would have horrified me. I knew he was gonna go in there. I knew he was gonna kill Murray. That was not even I mean, he didn't even kill Doctor the Doctor Ruth woman or whatever. Like none of that my thing it was very to me it was very tame. It was now I get it. It was probably more about Joker as a person, not necessarily as a murderer. I get that. But there was just something very tame about it. And I think because Todd Phillips was trying to quite possibly have a, a message that was either in the undercurrent or something in the background that maybe he was trying to say, but he tried to do it within the lens of the Joker movie, you know, and it felt very much, and that message felt very much misplaced as placing the murder of the Batman's parents mm -hmm. there, because it's just like, okay, I get what you're trying to do, but I'm not sure I took it that way. Now, with that being said, Understanding that this, this I'm really speaking from my own experience. I totally understand that if I am a rich or well-to-do white person, I might be freaked out by this movie. <laughs> I might be totally fucking freaked because there's a lot of things that would scare me if I was well off. Like there's literally an undercurrent message of eat the fucking rich, which yeah. I get, but that doesn't affect me because guess what? I'm not rich. I'm not rich. And it doesn't really, you know, that world of, of well-to-do stuff, and I'm not saying I'm poor, but I'm not rich. So that doesn't scare me. So I, I, I don't even think that they would be scared, because to be quite honest, I, when you hear people crying about, you know, being canceled on Twitter or whatever, it, the, the wealthy are insulated. They really are. Yeah, yeah, true, I don't think they're true, I don't think they're, but they're, I mean, they're scared of the movie regardless. We're, we're also dealing in a, in, a, in a society where social media is this this thing and where people can't really connect with each other. So, right. I mean, who really knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, I'd give it probably a 6.5. Okay. Uh, great. So, um, I'll just go ahead and get my score out of the way before I forget that. Um, yeah, I give about 7.5. Um, I think much different than pretty much all of you are. Like, I, I really went in just kind of wanting to see kind of like how they were going to create this story of Joker. And so um, 
I, I purposely didn't want to hear like all the commentary about like Todd Phillips. I, you know, and I'm glad I'm hearing it like after the fact. I don't think it would have impacted me going forward because I would have still seen it anyway. But um, I guess I just wanted to see a different story of Joker. And I guess I wanted to see how was this Joker going to be different than how I saw him in Suicide Squad, how I saw him in The Dark Knight, you know, how I saw him in, you know, uh, Jack Nicholson Joker. So I think for me, it was I'm, I'm going into this movie very much curious, like, how is this going to play out? Um, I will say, like, I don't feel sorry for him, you know, because um, it's, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, this white guy, he's got problems, he's got issues. Well, I got a lot of problems, too. Got a lot of issues, yeah. Going, yeah. you know, so I'm not feeling sorry for you in that sense. Um, I generally overall. You know, and I keep coming back to this, you know, I'm just, you know, the way that they're, they're dealing with mental health, I'm, I'm very curious about as a psych major. Like, I'm just, you know, very like, I'm just curious how they, they you know, handled and managed uh, that and the treatment of that. And just the fact that, like, what I asked earlier, like, does this guy know what he's doing? Like, you know, because I guess I've we've seen him in previous movies, we know how he operates. So, like, I'm seeing this one, and yes, it's this origin story, but I'm still, I guess, in the back of my mind wondering, like, he, he I think he kind of know what he's doing and has known what he was doing all along. And so, um, much like we've talked about before, it was definitely, like, a class type of film to me. Like, I, that was kind of, like, the overarching thing for me that I saw. And... Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm glad that uh, at least the majority of the black people that existed didn't die. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, although it's, you know, jury's still out on the last one, but I, I feel like she was taken out. But, um, yeah, yeah. you know, so, yeah, I mean, I, I really, really kind of just went into it with this idea of like, hmm, like this origin story of it. And much like you, Tony, I you know, I, I felt more for, I empathized more with Logan, and definitely there was no empathy for, for this guy. So, um, yeah, that's it. All right. Okay, um, I will I will specify that Logan is a hero. Joker is a villain. Joker is a movie about the start of a villain. <laughs> Logan is a movie about the end of a hero. So I just don't want to like create some kind of like false. No, no, but, but you know, Joker so let me just no, no, and yeah, and I'm definitely not comparing the two like they're one and the same. Um, but you know, I will say like I, there are villains that I do like, you know, and so right. um, you know, I, I'll I'll say that, but definitely, yeah, we're not saying that Logan and Joker are on the same page. Yeah, by enemies. That's definitely not. I was really talking about the tone of the film and really feeling something, mm-hmm. you know, not really feeling what I think they were trying to convey in the moment. Right. Uh, I, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. All right. Um. So for me. Uh, I guess score-wise, somewhere... Uh, I was going to say somewhere between 7.5 and 8, but I would give it an 8 overall, despite despite some of my misgivings with all of it. Um, I I feel a lot of the same things, you know, that have been said. I will, I do differ slightly in that I, I personally um, was affected. I thought that... Uh, uh, wow, I was about to say River Phoenix. Um, that uh, um, Joaquin, mm-hmm. Joaquin uh, Phoenix is... Uh, his portrayal was really masterful. And I feel like he did really put you for me personally in the shoes of, of this man who was not only having these mental health struggles um, and this, these feelings of intense isolation, but also just really had been failed by the system. And you're really seeing firsthand the, um, 
the effects of that beyond just like seeing a, a news headline. Um, so I did, I did feel affected, um, affected by it, um, to a kind of to in a detrimental way for a big chunk of the film. But, uh, it, I don't know that, that part I felt worked for me. I can definitely see the element though, where there's a ton of, you know, black and brown people who are also struggling with mental illness and all the same things and more, you know what I mean? And they're not necessarily at the center of a story, but that's neither here nor there because this is this particular story. And, um, mm -hmm. but you know, it, it, uh, I overall as a, st I also went in not necessarily expecting it and, and also being feeling like it probably was overhyped and was kind of a, a Sundance darling. Um, you know, and so I, my expectations might have been lower, and so I think that also set me up to be pleasantly surprised by some of the parts that I did like, you know. So that that's pretty much it. Yeah, I can't I can't help but agree about expectations. I like I, I don't want to say I I usually feel like I go into a a movie pretty cleansed of like okay let me just see what the fuck it is, but this is probably a movie that's impossible to do that with right. like you're gonna go in with you're bringing something in something, with you into yeah. the theater oh, yeah and i do think like the movie sort of like played with those expectations because i i honestly thought it would be i don't know a little gorier a little more terrifying a little mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. like Thank conventionally you. fucked yeah. up and it really isn't it's like pretty cerebral and like cold and dour and not really not not really anything like that. It, it's a little insane to me that it's made as much money as it's made. Like, this is just a movie that has just, like, ruined people's afternoons. You know where I think a like decent... A you know, billion dollars of that. <laughs> I think a decent chunk of that money is... I, I, I feel like there's this reverse fanboy reaction. Oh, yeah. Where it's yeah, like, ha, yes. see, I told you. Like, you know. Yeah. Nobody shot yeah, anybody. Stick it to all those woke people. I'm going to yeah, go yeah, see yeah. Joker again. It's like, all right, have fun, man. This yeah, is our Black team. Panther. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I just want to reiterate also, like, if anything for me, like, it was it was Joaquin's performance for me that really like when I saw Tony at uh, Comic Con, I was like, for me, it was Joaquin. Like that's what I was like, he he did it, and I think that is what really for me did it. You know, everything else was kind of secondary. You know, mm -hmm. um, everything down to the details of him coming down that staircase. You know, like I could watch right. that scene mm -hmm. a couple of times. You know, or even the scene where it, it's like he comes himself in the bathroom. And like that, like the moment where he kind of like this is I'm 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 becoming joke or whatever. So I think really overall for me, you know, like I'm gonna give Joaquin like nine out of ten for his performance, yeah. you know, and then I definitely yeah. I, you know I could separate that from yeah. like the film itself. So yeah, very much his performance. Yep, where I'm uh, out there. Wow, yeah, you know, overall, yeah. There's some other things where it's like okay, we got, I got some issues, but yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, have you have you all seen like the like the internet memes where they have like you know uh, they have like the you know the shopping cart internet meme, and it's no. like and it's like it's like four pictures and it's like top left is Heath Ledger, top right is Jack Nicholson, bottom left is Joaquin Phoenix, and then bottom right is Jared Leto. You know, like because the shopping cart always has the fucked up wheel. Yeah. You know, there's like the one wheel on the shopping cart, oh, and it's like. So mm -hmm. yeah. Well, for my money, uh, you know, Jared Leto was the one to beat going into this. And uh, you know, <laughs> suicide yeah. film. 
I mean, oh my god, yeah. powerful, just powerful. You know. Did you? And also, did you see all the things about like how he was like bummed they didn't ask him to like come to do it? Are you serious? According to Jared Leto, he was like, "Oh, I thought if they were making a Joker movie, they were going to call me." Like he really thought that. Oh he really apparently God. thought that. You know and what? Then, like, though, in some ways, <laughs> there would have been—I don't know—like you could have seen the journey to his tattoos, and uh, you know, <laughs> the, him getting each tooth capped, and, and the, the. I whole... think Jared. I think Jared Leto actually <laughs> is Arthur Fleck. <laughs> I think that's the irony. That's the irony. Like, he wow, actually, he actually is. I want to see a it film would, about that. Maybe. It would have been too real, man. It would have been too fucking real. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, too much. Too much. Now, yeah. All right, we are way over time. Okay, all right, all right. Way well, over time. Well, uh, thank you, everyone. We 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 covered a lot of things, but uh, I hope you all enjoyed this chat. Um, it's gonna hit Patreon first, and then everyone will hear it later. But uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, everybody want to want to say real quick where they can find you, Leo. Where, where can they find you? Um, at Leonardo EFF on Twitter, and I am uh, currently a writer for Quirktastic and pumping out more stuff there. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and Tony, where can people find you? You can find me at Latin Negro on Instagram and on Twitter. Also follow us on the Black Comics Chat Instagram. It's oh, lit. Snap. Most definitely. And Grace, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, GBreezy20, Instagram, LoveJones20. And if you happen to make your way to Western New York, you know, in Rochester. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, uh, be be nice to Grace online because, you know, she doesn't she doesn't suffer fools and, and she doesn't just let anybody in the social media door, which, true. which I understand. <laughs> right. So, you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you come at the queen, you know, best come correct. That's right. There you go. Indeed. <laughs> and Marcus, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Marcus Kwame on Twitter um, and at Marcus underscore Kwame on Instagram. All right. All right. Have a good night, y'all. All right. All right awesome. Bye. Good night, everybody. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Black comics, Black comics, Black comics, Black comics.